it's been a while since I subjected everyone to a plug, so here's a quick one. First of all, thanks to everyone who joined us in our monthly game night where we played Star Wars Squadrons. While it was definitely not everyone's jam, I personally had a lot of fun with it, and you can check that out on our YouTube if you're interested in looking at unedited gameplay of that for some reason. Also, in case this is enticing to anyone, over on our Patreon we just tossed up an episode where we tried to rank all the Pokemon Starter Evolution lines mostly by just how cool they are. And on that note, thanks also to our newest patron Cole for, you know, doing that thing. Anyway, on with the episode, and hey, have a good day whenever you're listening to this. I mandate it. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam Presents, Are We Gundam or Are We Isekai? The podcast where the answer is actually neither, so we're here in purgatory forever. My name is Jeremy. Like an oasis after a long walk through a desert, I'm Tyler. And my name is Zach. Yeah, we have a lot to record today. We just want to get into it. I don't know that I want to do a preamble for this. We're watching episode five of Gundam Build Divers, Holy Land of Parisia. We are watching Gundam Build Divers because due to COVID, we cannot physically convene and we want to save the ending of Destiny for when we can all get together and the audio will sound nice. An ending I think we will appreciate much more after going through this experience. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. If you want to watch along, you can do so on Crunchyroll, Funimation, or YouTube. Two of those even have dubs and the dub is not, doesn't make the show any worse. I actually watched the dub for the first time today, and I think I enjoyed it more in the dub than I did in the sub. I might have to look into the dub, because I, I also kind of like watching the dub of stuff just to see what they did with the voice actors that they picked. It's been two years almost since I watched this, since I watched it as it was coming out, but all the voice actors they picked sounded good to me. Rama was a little not the direction I would go, but I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was a bad choice. Riku is actively less annoying to me in the dub than he is in the sub, for whatever reason. They like almost sound identical to me. I usually end up in the other situation where in American or in English, they <laughs> usually annoy me far more than they are in Japanese. I don't know why. I think it's because they're trying to like hit character archetypes that don't really exist in English-speaking culture, usually. Oh no, we're accidentally doing a preamble anyway. Uh, <laughs> do we want to just dive in? The trick was that uh, we would do that anyway. Yeah, let's go ahead and start. We begin this episode, En Media Res, which as you all know is Latin for in the middle of a desert. That's what res means. Where our cast is walking through the desert looking exhausted and Sarah. Apparently they didn't bring their gunpla for this. Well, they can't. Because it's a neutral zone. It's a neutral zone and you have to be X rank to bring gunpla at all. And you can't fight. It's the walkway through the neutral zone. So is there apparently no like fast travel system to get here? Yeah, I don't think this game has fast travel. I think that's why there are in-game jeeps, as we'll see in a few minutes. But Yuki explains that you can't bring your gunpla because I guess it will be shot down or something. I don't really know why not. I assume the game just prevents you. I mean, I know what they're going for with this joke with the map. And I have to say... I've done this. Well, Sarah's like, hey, what does this mean? And she's like, oh, it's a scale, Sarah. He's like, what's the scale? He's like, oh, one to one million. (laughs) And somehow none of them thought to check the map before they left. 
Also, they're all visibly sweating, despite last episode being about how you don't do stuff like that in this game. Or get exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, they keep, like, flashing to how hot the sun is and stuff, and, like, you guys can't feel that, right? I mean, hell, just hit the numlock key and then wander off for a little while. You'll get there eventually. So anyway, Sarah's like, something is coming with her wave senses. And hey, it's a Jeep. And they're like, hey, help us, please. I do love uh, Momo's adorable bouncing animation. The tire tracks do not line up with the tires. I just noticed that. Really? The, the tire track, <laughs> That's amazing. The, the tire tracks have a different pattern than the tires had. Like, they were generic tire tracks, but that is not what the tires looked like. Look, the person who was animating the Jeep worked a lot harder than the person who did the tracks. And uh, Ninja Girl is the one driving the Jeep. Yeah, it's IMA. And she's like, what are you idiots doing out here? And they're like, well, being idiots, as you suspected. And she's like, cool, later. And drives off. <laughs> I actually really like this. Like, this is the kind of joke that I appreciate. <laughs> what are you doing out here? We're stranded. Oh, all right. Spoilers, Ayame, the only good character in this show. Although, on a rewatch, I'm appreciating Sarah a lot more, honestly. The first time I was watching through, I was just distracted by her clear waifness with that they weren't doing anything with. And her being like, oh, that Gumpla is strong. That gunplay is kind. That is good person. That is bad person. Whereas this time I'm kind of appreciating that she is a quiet character, which is very difficult to do, but she almost has the most personality out of all of them, which, you know, not a high bar. It's her or Momo. That's actually a really good point. IMA is also a pretty quiet character, and they managed to do her well as well, while making her feel very different because she's very solitary quiet. So she'll go off on her own to have Dark Knight Returns monologues to herself about her feelings, which is kind of <laughs> cheating, but it makes her feel very different from Sarah, who clearly wants to sit next to you and watch while you play your video game and just not say anything. <laughs> I was going to say, I know a lot of people who fit that archetype that you're describing, and I had mistaken her for just kind of lack of character, but you're right. She has more personality than our main characters, I think. <laughs> She just is a lot quieter about having it. Yeah. The first time through, I that was also very much my read. It's only on this forced rewatch that I've noticed. Actually, she does a lot. Like, her petting Momo's very good. Just the little things she does do. How close she gets to people. I hadn't really thought about that because, as you said with when you first watched it, I was just kind of distracted by her being the mysterious waif and didn't really look any deeper than that. So that's on me. I did it the first time, too. So we get the opening and cut to them in the Jeep where IMA is like, why are you walking to Parisia? Do you know how far it is? They're like, yeah, we're idiots. We're still noobs. We'll be noobs at the end of this show. As you said, they are going to Ash Ketchum it pretty hard. And we have IMA mentioning that it's tough to cross the desert even in a gun club because it could get screwed up with sand. Because you have to make your joints tight enough on the model you build to prevent digital sand from getting into it. Which I guess is one answer to why better modeling is better. So anyway, they're like, ah, but thank you for saving us, miss. And she's like, IMA. My name is IMA. Well, you can stop calling me Ninja Girl now. I'm going to call her Ninja Girl for the rest of the show. Also, don't worry. I'm going to charge you. <laughs> I do love how after that all happens, she's like, I am charging you for this. And they all react. And she's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not that much of a douche. I did, however... Decide to drive away after listening to your plight. Because Ayame has character. She also is going to be our audience surrogate in a bit here. So we see Parisia, which we kind of get the explanation, is a neutral zone that is mostly used for people to show off their models, which makes sense. It's a very PvE area. We see a Strike Freedom and a Destiny, a Zagok, a Core Booster. And some food on a stick. They're all sort of done plaque style. I do kind of like it. 
I feel like this is a missed opportunity in that we really only see models that are built like the their source material, whereas this is supposed to be where all the really cool modelers show off. I think this would be a really good opportunity to show off some really cool designs. I mean, I feel like you should get some 50-50 stuff because I'm not opposed to people who are just really good modelers showing stuff. But you couldn't do this because you would have to pay them. But this stuff doesn't look nearly as good as even the real-life Gumpa building tournament stuff that you see, which makes it feel kind of flat and uninspired. There's certainly nothing as good as the Tequila Gundam Daniel custom. Do we ever get to see the rest of his team's stuff? Because I feel like they should all be good. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I know he appears in one other episode, but I don't think he has lines. I think he's just like a background appearance. I was going to say, I saw on the wiki that he does show up in one other episode to help that guy from uh, Toroburu that he blew up earlier. And that's it. So they are eating kebabs from Andrew Waltfeld's Kebabs and Yogurt, the best <laughs> joke in the episode. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. Momo says, it's delicious. Is it, Momo? Is it? <laughs> I guess we have to assume it is. This is not the first time we've seen them eating in this video game. I like uh, Sarah's actually getting the Euro wrap or whatever it was that uh, Kira and Kigali were having. Well, right next to the Andrew Waltfeld's Kebabs, it was Astianage vegetables. Yep. He's the mechanic in Zeta and Double Zeta, who gets fried in Char's counterattack. So they're just, like, talking about how, hey, look at all the cool gunpla that they've got built. What is that orange one over there? That's the Methus. It's from Zeta. That's almost veering into mobile armor territory. Yeah, it's the prototype for the Zeta's transformation. It didn't have any weapons. It was just a test bed, but they were low on units, so they threw a gun at it. So yeah, we see a bunch of people showing off. It looks very museum-like with people showing off. There are lots of cute cosplay girls being like, come this way, see this cool dom. And they're like, yeah, this is basically the forum where people show off their gumpla and trade techniques, but we wanted to make it you know, a cool action show thing, so we can't just have you reading the forum. So here we are. I think this does work better than the training montage stuff last week in that regard. Well, yeah, because it's definitely more of something that would make a lot of sense that you could do in a VR setting like this, as opposed to, yes, you need to train. And they're like, wouldn't it be better to show them off in real life? But they're like, yeah, but people from all over the world come here to see them. So remember how we're playing an MMO club Zala. Now I'm paying a lot more attention to all the random signs in the background, hoping for more good jokes. There's nothing as good as Andrew Walthelt's kebabs and yogurt. There are some okay ones. There's nothing that good. Anyway, Yuki's like, yeah, Riku, I remember at the end of the last episode, the cliffhanger was you were going to build your Gumpla, but I decided I would just bring you here. We wouldn't like show you struggling or anything. I'd just show some cool ones off to you, which I guess it does make sense, but could have created some conflict if Riku was like, oh, I told tiger wolf i was gonna build a cool gumpla but i don't know where to start or if he was just trying to improve what he already had but was struggling to feel like he actually got the right balance or something like that but like you said show him struggling instead of just jumping straight to this although conversely i do like that we don't have to go through the real world and the login sequence and a scene at gundam base and everything this episode although what we end up spending that time on i could do without anyway riku's like what a great friend you are, Yuki, always looking out for me. And Yuki's like, well, it's not entirely altruistic because I also want to be here. So Sarah is the one who noticed IMA has ninja away. Ninja. Up to a nearby building. She's now Batmaning. Yes. And we get a flashback to Emperor Palpatine telling her to watch Riku. And she asks the audience question of why the fuck does anyone care about this boy? 
Anyway, they're like, oh, but this one is boring. It's just a regular Gundam. And I'm like, almost all of them have been boring, regular looking Gundams. This one doesn't look any different than the other images you have shown. Please show, don't tell. Except this one is from the old days. Yes. Well, we get told that it's one of the original model kits. But again, it's only in dialogue that we get told that. Although somehow they can recognize that offhand. Well, they do say why they can recognize it, Tyler. There's no joints in the legs. In real life, you would absolutely, I think, be able to recognize it, but they haven't done any of the artwork to make us recognize that. Anyway, they're commenting on it. Random dude from the opening (laughs) shows up. Yeah, Banksy the Furry shows up and is like, it's too bad that you can't appreciate the art of this piece. I mean, I'd agree with you that it would be an art piece if it wasn't just freaking standing there. And he's like, can't you feel the love coming off this Gumpla? Aren't you a weird waif? Hasn't Maggie taught you how to detect love energy? By looking at something. I mean, he did mention that it was important. And they're like, what? What are these, like, pink things sticking out of the back? Are those supposed to be from the beam sabers? I don't know. See, the actual Gundam has a V there that's yellow and smaller. So I think that's, like, we're now being shown. Oh, look, he did make some small modifications. But I don't know. It does look like it's the same plastic that the beam sabers on actual Gumplar are modeled off of. So so because these kids are impressed by everything, they are impressed by this art critic. And they're like, you must be right. Yuki is impressed. Everybody else looks nonplussed. Is that an orange? That looks just like a standard orange goof. It's not a Destiny. No, I think it is the Destiny one. I thought the Destiny one had a larger shield than that. It's no, the it's got the wing spice special. That's from the Destiny goof. That's definitely a Destiny one. It do- It is drawn kind of like an old one in the head, though. So maybe the idea is that is a kit bash between the two. I don't know. If it if that's the idea, they did way too little in order to reinforce that. Although the line over is him saying, old Gumpla and new Gumpla, they all have their merits, and the other two are a gun tank and a Zagok, which are pretty old. And he basically gives a, a speech that I think a lot of people in this setting would have, where it's like, battle isn't everything. Like, the art of making a Gumpla is also a way to express yourself. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of how a lot of the like tabletop games work like that you got people who are like yes i'm going to build this stuff because i want to model it not because i actually want to play the war game mm-hmm. but now sarah can wave properly at the gundam and be like ah it's very warm of course it's very warm it's been standing in the sun for who knows how long and then they ask the pokemon raider to rate their affection to their pokemon so they know how much damage return will do uh, i was gonna go for an iv joke <laughs> so m night Charalon looks over their gumpla Apparently just looks at the uh, stats on them, although I should point out that apparently the different stats for Gunpla are general, unique, nimbleness, power, luxury, and armor. And Zach, what and does that spell? Hell. What does that I know spell, spell Zach? It spells kind of fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it reinforces how dumb the stats are. I was going to ask what general measures. What the fuck does luxury mean? <laughs> luxury is how chrome it is and also do you get leather seats do, do the seats have heaters do you have that girlfriend bench from the new gundam to put your girlfriend on i think you would need first to unlock seat well none of them have very high luxury if you notice although both riku and yuki apparently have a unique score of five and i don't feel like they that like is that a high number you see like the array i don't think it is also riku and yuki's Mobile suits have the same average of stats. I'm not sure if that's important. It's probably not. Well, they are the same rank, presumably. So maybe there is a a limit to how high the actual stats can go. 
I've always interpreted that if you are the best Gumpla builder in the world and you're just starting, your gu- stats could be perfect. Or if you got a Gumpla from someone who is a really good builder, that, that that is separate. There is no like level women on equipment in this game. So each Gunpla was built according to a, to certain philosophy and ideals. I can tell that by looking at the stats. The hell does that mean? He's just being nice to the kids. The philosophy is this should have more guns. It means that there is love. He has detected the presence of love. Yes, no. He's like, but also you clearly are too big a noobs to actually build what you want. And he basically tells them what they already know, though, which is like, your goals are outstripping your ability. And of course, Momo immediately sticks up for the two of them. That's her job. And she's like, I guess your Gumpla must be rad as hell, right? And he's like, I'll call that bluff. So he has made a, what is the word? I want to say tableau. That's not it at all. Diorama? Yeah, a diorama of a bunch of very tiny bear guys, petite guys, just like basically Frieza's personal hell. You all saw Dragon Ball Resurrection F, right? (laughs) He has created Frieza's personal hell of bear guys. Where do these come from? Are these a a Gundam thing? Yeah, they're mostly a marketing thing. They've never appeared in one of the series, but they've appeared in various video games. They were basically, I think they started as a model kit to appeal to women. They're an act guy model kit that's been modified to look like a bear. Oh, that's why it's a petite guy like an act guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, there's a bear guy model kit. One of the characters in Build Fighters, her model is a bear guy. So, And these are small, so they're petite guys. And she's like, oh, they're so cute. But what's so great about them? He's like, that they're so cute. Also, I gave them little fish bones and little drums. And arranged them in silly poses. And then we get a bunch of talking about what they just showed us. Which, I mean, to be fair, that isn't that unusual for how a lot of anime do stuff. Yeah, this doesn't bug me nearly as much as some other stuff we'll get to later. This isn't as bad as Yu-Gi-Oh! Pot of Greed. What does that do? So anyway, some guy here and something's like, hey, I heard Sharyar, uh, I mean Banksy, is going to reveal his newest Gumpla today. Here. Hey, the plot for this episode is starting. About halfway through the episode now. And Riku's like, who's that, Yuki? And he's like, oh, he's like the best around. Nobody ever can keep him Now down. that I've seen the subtitles, uh, this joke no longer makes any sense. Uh, but I did definitely write down, it's a Sharyar. So I'm curious. Who guessed who this guy was? I mean, the first time I watched it, immediately. Yep. Okay, I just wanted to check, because I had a pretty good idea, too. So Again, this is a dumb show for baby Zach. You can tell, what a twist, it's M. Night Sharalan all along. I, I kind of love the model that they show here, the knight on the horse Gundam. With, like, a weird dragon Gundam thing. I guess maybe not a Gundam, but... This does look a lot closer to the sort of work that would win a real-life Gundam Builders contest. I wonder where that Knight Gundam came from. It's the um, Master Gundam's horse with another Gundam model on it. I knew where the horse came from. I meant the Gundam that's on the horse. There are some SD Gundams that have that Knight thing, and I think they have made, like, uh, real versions of those, so to speak, for model kits. Oh, okay. Like, what if this was not just an SD character? What if it was a actual Gundam? It also might be scratch-built, though. I don't know. I dig its sweet-ass pauldrons. Yeah, those look real good. So another way, they're like, man, this guy made a real good model. I wish he was here. Oh, wait, he's coming here. He's super legendary, but no one knows what he looks like, apparently. Cut to the Toriboryu school. And hey, Patrick Colossar's in the back doing martial arts with the monks. And he's like, hey, I am interested in those kids for some reason, even though I didn't seem to be last episode. What are they up to? And Maggie's like, yes, I also think they are impressive because their superpower is that Everybody just thinks they're super cool for no reason. No, their superpower, Jeremy, is that they have the PC above their head. And Maggie tells Tiger Wolf that they went to Parisia, and he flips out. Yeah, he's like, don't tell me they're looking for that asshole Shariar. 
Don't let them meet that pretentious asshole. I hate that guy. I actually really like the animation here. Well, you remember how we keep talking about how uh, everyone else has more character than the main yep. characters, and there's the more of it. And Maggie's like, you're harsh in my vibe. I have this nice, like, fruit souffle. I'm gonna hang up now. Actually, I thought that was Tiger Wolf hung up instead of... I think so. So Maggie's eating, like, this parfait thing, right? Yes, it's very feminine. That's the joke. Slash implication. Yeah, but... There's a macaroon there, and I'm not sure if the macaroon is supposed to look like a haro, but it kind of looks like a haro. I think it's just supposed to look like a heart, but I can kind of see what you the mean. The one with the strawberry on it? Oh, oh, I was looking at a different part. Yeah, no, you're right. I think that is supposed to be a haro, now that you say that. But Maggie's like, man, I'm worried. There was nothing about the plot last week, so there probably will be something this week. Cut to a shady-looking, uh, generic Shaw type of guy in a gunpla. So a huge crowd has gathered to see Sharyar's new famous oh, I didn't notice the noble gundam when i watched this earlier oh yeah me too we only see the back of it and it's not in focus no but it is pretty easy to tell what it is i just didn't notice it the first time because i think i was trying to figure out what this one in front of it is is this an ack guy in the middle here uh it's a modified one i can't remember what the actual name of it is though it is rad as heck mostly i just am an irrational fan of the ack guy because of uh battle assault 2 gotcha I like the orange ball. Someone was like, have you ever met the Sharia guy, Yuki? And he's like, no, he's like Banksy. He never appears in public. Cut to Banksy. Weird. Again, this show is for babies. Anyway, Mo was like, yeah, I like Banksy. So anyway, the weird Shaw guy is Sharyar. And he's like, hi, everyone. Let me show you my cool goo gumpla. Ayame is still Batmaning it. And she kind of scowls at him. Anyway, Banksy's hype man is like, Hey, it's Banksy time. I'm not sure why anybody would think that this is the same guy since Yuki mentioned that he very rarely appears in public. Yep. But if he did appear somewhere, it would be here, right? Anyway, they summon a big top under which is a mobile suit from uh, Age, which I can't remember the name of right now. I'm sure they'll tell me in a minute. A Zamdrag. That's what it is. Thanks, guy. That thing's just ugly. Yep. The stunned crowd is like, I don't know. That's just like a weird hodgepodge of weapons. But then some art critics are like, no, you idiot. It's avant-garde, clearly, because Banksy is such a good artist. It's a work of art. And some willpower people are uh, swayed. You know, like the real art world. This episode is a commentary on art. Anyway, all the real critics are like, it's bad. I know he's not impressed. Yeah, Banksy's like, ah, zero love energy. And he's like, ah, if you would like to learn the sweet techniques of Mr. Sharyar's new work, you should meet us in the back with all of your information and social security card numbers. I do like that it has toe lasers. Of course you'll need to show us your own data and it's like, all right, like, I didn't think that that was a hidden deal, but. Yeah, their plan doesn't really make sense, does it? Like most of this show. I assume there are some like hidden statistics and stuff, and that's what like Riku and Yuki were showing to Furry Banksy earlier. But anyway, Riku's like, I don't know. It looks ugly as sin to me. And everyone else and his two friends are like, gotta watch what you say and all that stuff. And Riku's like, oh, shoot. Did I say that out well? He's like, well, I don't understand love or art, but. Or love. Or love. But I don't think there's any philosophy behind that. Although, to be fair, I do think there is the philosophy of more Daka. That was infused into this gumpla by its builder. Hey, that usually would be my philosophy, more Daka. But then again, if you wanted to do that, start with Heavy Arms Endless Waltz Custom. That has all the Daka. And apparently Riku can feel things from Gunpla 2 now. Maybe that's because he's been hanging around the mysterious waif. Yeah, so that waif energy is rubbing off on him. Or he's just a big Gundam Age fan, and he's like, man, why would you do that to a Zamdrag? So anyway, Riku's like, I don't know. Furry Banksy just told me that it doesn't have love, so I'm going to say that same thing. And Ayame has a reaction. Yeah. 
Well, she has a flashback, I think, to her showing her original Gumpla off to someone. But they don't actually show you that flashback. Anyway, so Sharyar's hype man comes up and is like, what, are you saying you want to take Barack Lesnar in the ring? And they're like, no, we're noobs. He's like, oh, so you don't understand anything about art. We'll come to our secret tent party that's not sketchy at all. We'll teach you about Gumpla building. So Furry Banksy moves to stop them, but then Ayame jumps down from her brooding position. And calls it out like, he didn't build this. Yeah, this isn't a Sharyar. And Hype Man is like, it's definitely a Sharyar. And she's like, this show us how it moves. She says the seasoned builders would be able to tell immediately. And I'm like, but if they're that seasoned, wouldn't they have also recognized that it wasn't built by him when it first showed up? I think the sort of implication is that Sharyar could build this mess and still have it move well. And she's like, no, that thing's going to look like crap when it moves with all those guns on it. Okay, that makes sense. And she's like, well, if you're not going to show us, you're a fraud. So get out of here. You are banished from my city. Cut to, they got banished. <laughs> Cut to, what happened to those imposters? It's like, they were banished to the Shadow Realm, by which I mean that desert over there. And the guy who called the Avant Guard is like, well, I guess Sharyar would never build something like that. And his friend is calling him out on this bullshit. Which, in those characters right there, I think there's more character than <laughs> Riku has. So Riku goes up to IMA. He's like, hey, thanks for that ninja-ing you did. And she's like, it's not like I like you, Baka. And he's like, well, I'm immune to romantic or sundere feelings, so I just want to thank you as a normal person. You should hang out with us. And she's like, no, I'll go it alone from here. <laughs> I don't care for socializing. I'm going to go brood. So Furry Banksy appears and is like, oh, man, she is lacking. So is that supposed to be implying that he's stalking them? I think so. He's been like in the background of every shot. So she gets a message from Emperor Palpatine where she's like, we got a complaint from the client. We got a complaint to our HR department, <laughs> our shady HR department. And she's like, but they tried to harm my target. And he's like, I don't care. Your job is to balance your duties. The client's always right. And they're apparently just in this alley because they knew that's where they would meet Batman. And uh, Palpatine's like, make sure you tie up any loose ends. So everybody leaves the city and they're like, hey, should we lock out now? Like, I'm excited to build a Gumpli, I guess. That makes sense. Except for Sarah, who looks stoned like usual. You know, that raises the question I have. If they log out here, will they start back at the starting hub or will they start it out here? That's an interesting question. Uh, the way it works, I maybe they get the choice. I don't know. Every time they've come in, they've been in the starting hub, though. But also every time they've logged out, they've logged out in the starting hub. Yeah, I guess that is kind of the implication. Although, maybe there is fast travel specifically to the starting hub. That seems like a useful feature for this video game, so it probably doesn't have it. <laughs> so anyway, they see the uh, ugly gun gunpla. But oh no, it's kidnapped IMA in its hand. And she's unconscious, question mark? Yeah, say, how does any of that work? See, the thing that makes me wonder is it flies up, creates a huge, like, wind thing at them. Dust storm. And then as it is hovering there, presumably still putting out thrust... There's no more wind. I mean, it's blowing her hair. But not them. And it was blowing them when it came around the corner before. And Rika's like, oh no, our new best friend, Yuki, we have to save her. And Yuki's like, yeah, but we can't use our gunpla. He's like, hey, remember that time we fought a Leo with a knife? But then <laughs> Banks is like, hey, you can borrow mine. I'm not using it. Yes, I brought one to display in the city, and everyone's like, but why would you let us use your precious gunpla? And I'm like, it's not like it's going to get broken. Like, yeah, it's no big. And it's a Ptolemaeus model, which is the ship from Double I guess we don't see it yet, though. So they have tied up IMA like they're cartoon villains, even though I get, this is slight spoilers, but she's in on this. Yeah, like this is almost a snidely whiplash type of plan here. 
And they say our plan was to infiltrate the town and steal the builder's customization techniques. Yeah, we're going to steal into the Gumplay adv- We're going to sneak into the Gumplay Advice Forum and steal all the advice. Good plan, guys. Good plan. <laughs> I'm sure those nerds would be so happy to tell you how they achieved all their things. I mean, there's probably one Seto Kaiba asshole who will refuse and rip up your Blue Eyes Way dragon, but still. Riku just was like, hi, that's a Gundam. And M. Night Sharalan popped out of the world and was like, let me tell you how to build Gumpla better. Well, and then in this one, they're like, do you think they'll come to save her? And I'm like, why do you have a beef with him? Like, he said one thing and then immediately tried to backpedal and be like, no, 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 I don't actually understand. First, that actually ruined your whole plant wasn't them, it was her. Maybe they saw them walking out of the city and they're like, oh no, we've been spotted. Like, so you think they'll come to save her? He's like, no. And Ayame's like, no, that won't do them any good. But then she's shocked because they show up. I don't know how they realize it's them when it's just like a Ptolemaeus, but... I don't necessarily think they know that it's them. They just know that this is somebody. So Yuki and Riku are in the Gumpla while the girls are going on foot to rescue Ayame. Again, what are the stakes? I mean, this is actually maybe more of a stakes because if you log out tied up, I can believe you would log back in tied up. So that is kind of a stakes. It also raises the question, why are the girls the ones running around on the ground? Because didn't the guys literally just go through a training montage in the previous episode to fight on the ground? Yeah, now the girls need to go through the same training, obviously. It's just so they all get the drowned combat skill. They're also making the girls run like miles to where IMA's tied up. My assumption is that they were riding in the Ptolemaeus and they dropped them off. Before they got here. So, like, it's not that far. So, Yuki's gonna pilot while Riku is the gunners. Apparently, this Zamdrag is a two-seater. They do a missiles at each other. The bad guys miss, because of course they do. You might say they have a volley. Haikyuu. Anyway, Yuki's like, good job. And Riku's like, I don't know, they're homing missiles. This Gumpla's just sweet, bro. <laughs> so, anyway, they bring up the idea that since they're 144 scale models, even the slightest imperfection looks giant when it becomes life-size in the game. Which makes sense, but you think we would see more of. Like as a reward for building smaller models in return? Well, that's the standard model size. Ah. 144th scale? Mm-hmm. All the ones in my basement are 1144. Okay. So at least the Zamdrag can eject its missile pods after they're used. And one's like, hey, use a secret weapon. And apparently he can't use the ace in the hole. Because it's jammed with sand. Hey, remember when we said that could happen at the beginning of the episode? Chekhov's gunned. Which, hey, actually some okay writing. Good job, show. And they have a big laser cannon on the Ptolemaeus. Does it actually come equipped with that? I think they add one before the movie, and I think it has it in the movie, but it's been a long time. It, the Ptolemaeus is not well-armed. Okay, I just don't remember it having that in Super Robot Wars V is all. Then again, I also didn't really use the Ptolemaeus, so. It also might be something that's just on this one. I would believe that, too. I don't know the Ptolemaeus the way I know the Archangel. Anyway, Momo and Sarah have saved Ayame. Yay! The stakes. And she's like, why? He's like, because of your sweet Jeep. And Sarah's like, no, Riku just likes playing hero in these games. He idolizes the champion. He always makes sure he's playing Paragon. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, but the bad guys, they are the cheaters, and they have a break decal, and they have the glowy purple of evil. And this allows them to use their ace in the hole, and they transform, and now they're super nimble. Until they reach safety. Like, again, I would love to know what the consequences are going to be here. Yeah, if, if they were shot, Zach, they would take a small penalty. So the Gundam throws the Ptolemaeus into the sand. It's skidding along. And we get a speech about precision versus brute strength, and... 
brute strength is great so long as you know what you're doing with it. These guys don't. But what a twist. It's Banksy. And he's like, I'm the one who was made a fool of since you stole my name. And like, who are you? We steal everybody's name. He's like, yeah, I was here because I heard some asshole was pretending to be me. And then, of course, he's also a cheater. He is on a cool Star Wars speeder bike is how he got out here. And he's like, cheating is bad. Don't do it. You deserve 10,000 deaths. I wish I could remember the name of the Gundam that this reminds me of, but I honestly cannot remember the name of the Gundam within a Gundam from Double Ot. That's what it is. It literally is the, I think it's called the Nettlie, but that's what it's based on. No, I meant the outside one of those oh. is what I can't remember. Yeah, I can't off the top of my head either because I can never remember that guy's mobile suits. Yeah, so this one is called a CeraVe. But yeah, this is the I heard you like Gundam's Bro Gundam, or it's based on it. It is obviously pretty highly modified. I always thought of it as the Russian doll Gundam. Anyway, it's got lots of GN particles because it is from Double O. And it is a different color. It has its own color scheme. It's this like light blue-green. It doesn't look terrible. It's like a teal and white. It's the same color as his outfit. Mm -hmm. And it's the CeraVe Gundam Custom Shahrazad Shariar. Obviously. That's not a mouthful. But he's like, I let those kids embarrass them for a while. Now I'm going to just beat them down. He's like, I'll get a real rep by defeating you. He's like, hey, remember how in the canon this thing has like a force field? Mine also has that force field. He's like, what? That force field? He's like, yeah, but I could also use like a Dragon Ball character and repel you with it. And speech about malicious power. So he mind controls his Ptolemaeus and Mega evolves into Super Charizard. <laughs> Charizard X. I bet Zach hates this. I don't mind it. I like it as an idea of, oh, he's such a good builder. He can build these two things that combine like this. I don't actually mind this. I think it's a little silly, and I would love to know exactly how the game recognizes and works with this. Because on the platforms, it didn't look like there was enough space to have two different models. And how exactly does that work? And, you know, he just puts it in the combined form and then uncombines it. I like how Sarah's like... Just dying in the background here. Momo's like, I don't know what happened, but that was cool. Anyway, villains who didn't even get a name are like, just throwing stuff on and won't do the trick. And he's like, yes, you're correct. But I actually like thought about what my attachments would do. I didn't just put guns on it for the sake of putting guns on it. I made sure I knew what kind of guns I was adding. But also, these are big fuck off guns, so bye. And they're all different colors, too. It's actually kind of the reverse of its source material, which is, you know, a very small Gundam and a giant Gundam. This is a small Gundam that gets a big backpack. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just like Maggie Senpai is always telling me, love conquers all in the end. Cut to the denouement, and you can tell because the sun is setting. And you're like, oh, man, I can't believe you're the real Shariar. And he's like, yeah, call me Shariar-chan. And Yuki is fangirling. I mean, it makes sense. If he's actually famous outside of things as a like a big name builder, it would make sense to finally meet the dude. The same way they acted around the champion. He's like, so you want to get better at building? Why don't you join my force? We basically just build cool Gumpla. But then a wild tiger wolf appears. And he's like, no, they're going to join my force because they're clearly so cool we have to fight over them. Although I do note that he refers to him by the same name that the dude told them to call him. And he's like, ah, don't join these jocks. You should think with your head. And they rival at each other, and Yuki and Riku are like, let's not get in the middle of this. Also, we want to make our own force. Depending on how that works, I mean, new guild slash force being put together, and they already have allies in some of the most powerful ones on the server. That's not bad. Yeah. But then again, they're protagonists, so of course they do. Man, <laughs> Tiger Wolf looks like a duck. I know, I was going to comment on how silly his face looks. 
And he's like, guys, let's form our own force. You know, the same thing I said we should do like four episodes ago. I guess Momo wasn't there. It was a while ago, though. Cut to Ayame, who is driving away in her Jeep. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, but wait, there's more. Because the plot of this show is so intense that we need after the credits stuff. It's uh, Palpatine talking to somebody else. The brake decal I sent you is more powerful than the old ones. Uh, uh, Zach, excuse me. The brake decal I sent you is more powerful than the old ones. <laughs> uh, I- I'm-, I'm sorry, Jeremy. You are totally right. That was my bad. The guy's like, don't worry, Palpatine Senpai, I'll be able to control it. And Palpatine's like, a word like this should break apart. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. For real this time. Guys, I don't want to promise you anything. This might be the worst episode of Build Divers, though. This one that we just watched or the one coming up? This one we just watched. Uh, It is pretty bad. I mean, granted, we, we do get Ayame, and I, like, just from what we've seen of her so far, I do like her. But that doesn't really save the kind of lackluster everything else. Although it has kind of, it's followed the same format where they go dick around for 10 minutes and then the plot happens for the last 10. Yeah, and I do get what they're setting up with Tiger Wolf and Sharazar as like opposing forces slash devil and angel on their shoulder. Although devil and angel is not the right term because they're just different opposing views. The problem is that none of the main characters have any of that conflict, which would be way more interesting. Instead, Tiger Wolf and Sharazar get to have it. It's not even, like, necessarily opposing views, because from what that episode said is, you know, they're like, polish your building and polish yourself on there. And at the same time, they're talking about this, like... The Shariar guy is like, yeah, we're, we're learn how to build better. And that is exactly what the Tiger Wolf dude is saying, too. So it's more like a personal issue with each other. I think the idea is supposed to be, though, that like Tiger Wolf is all into like, oh, control is important for Gunpla. And it's about how you use it. And Sharazar is like, oh, building. But they're both like, yeah, both are important because they are because both of them are good players of this game. Yeah. I also just have a huge problem with the plot structure in that every episode ends with them being saved by somebody while everyone's talking about how cool and great they are when they have not accomplished anything. There's only one episode so far, I think, that they haven't been saved or bailed out by somebody else. Because the first episode, they weren't bailed out. The second episode, they weren't bailed out either, but they lost. Riku did dodge really good that one time. Yes, but like that's the only cool thing he's done, right? But and yep. yet everyone's like, oh, man, I want this kid on my team. Yeah, because each episode after that, 3, 4, and 5, they're like, hey, look, we introduced a new character who bailed out our main characters. It also feels like the lessons they learn never apply. Like the super basic Power Rangers slash Super Sentai plot structure is that you have the characters have some problem in their real lives. They learn a solution for that, and that is the solution to the problem. But they never solve any problems. They just get bailed out which I find incredibly frustrating. I think this fight scene in this episode is by far the most boring one we've had so far. It's got the stakes problems of all the other ones. I don't super love the Ptolemaeus because all it can do is shoot missiles and it goes long and I don't care about if the girls can save Ayame or not because what happens if they don't? A small penalty. Anything else you guys want to tack on to that before we move to high points and low points? I was going to say, I feel like the show doesn't care about whether or not they save Ayame either because... It dedicates all of 10 seconds to them. I mean, I do like Ayame as a character just from what we've seen of her so far. But at the same time, that could just be because she's being contrasted with the bricks of wood that we've gotten as 
main characters. All right. High point, Tyler. The entire before the opening intro sequence, I think, was pretty good. I enjoyed that entire thing. Zach? Ayame specifically ditching them after hearing that they were stranded in the desert. <laughs> it was a good joke. Off. I'm going to go with Andrew Waltfeldt's Kebabs and Yogurt. That, that is pretty good. <laughs> Low point, Tyler. I don't think I can say the entire rest of the episode. So I'm going to say how ineffectual the villains were specifically, because this is now like, I feel like we've watched like 20 episodes of this show, but this is only episode five, but every villain has been completely like nothing, a nothing pancake. These ones didn't even get names. I think Daniel's all right, right? Because he's not a cheater. He's just playing the game. And he's supposed to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And he's got a cool gumpla. And I question whether he's even a villain. I mean, fair. He's a heel, but I don't necessarily think he's a villain. He's the villain yeah. of that episode, though. Yeah, and the other villain of the week we've had that's been interesting has been Ogre, right? Who is even less of a villain? Yeah. Low point, Zach? I mean, I'm kind of with Tyler. I think I'm going to have to go the, of this being the third episode in which our main characters have to be bailed out. Can they do something on their own? Again, please, like, everyone keeps talking about how great they are, but they don't actually do anything. Yeah, it's very annoying. Mine's going to be, like I kind of alluded to, the entire fight scene at the end is just nothing to me. Between the Ptolemaeus and them? The, the entirety of it. It goes forever. The Ptolemaeus fight, and then, like, it's a little better when Sharyar gets involved, because I think his Gumpla's kind of cool, but all it does is transform and blast them. It's just a Megazord battle, and the worst sort of Megazord battle. Any other final thoughts? It was a pretty meh episode. How long before we actually get characters as leads? I don't remember. I mean, Ayame is more and more involved, so that's good. I will say I like Shariar's character design, at least. Yeah, character design in this show is generally pretty good. Riku's the worst because he's generic, but that's also clearly on purpose. And he's got a little bit going on. Yeah, that's true. All right, so what mobile suit from this episode would we like to add? Oh, boy. Well, I guess the Shaharazad custom is the only one I think worth adding. Yeah, the Cerevi Gundam Shaharazad. I do that sweet-ass Ak guy, <laughs> but we don't get to see it do anything, so... <laughs> no, I'd concur. Shariar's... Especially because I don't think that bad guys are going to... Like, I don't think they're going to be back. Like, Jeremy said, they don't even have a name, so... Yeah, whereas we are going to see more of this Gumpla is the only reason to like save it for later, potentially. But I, it was the only one in this episode that makes any sense to rank to me. Because it's sort of heavy and its main thing is it shoots beams, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Calamity. I don't like it as much as that. I mean, it's definitely got a character. I like its paint scheme more than the Calamity, but I really don't like that uh, combination thing it's got going on. So I, I would agree with Jeremy. I, I like the Calamity a bit more. I think I agree. This is a weird comparison, but it is big and blasty like it. How do we think it compares to the Destroy Gundam? Big, blasty, gimmicky. They both kind of transform. I feel like this has more reason to transform than to Destroy because it has a super nimble mode and a super heavy fiery mode. I think I would prefer it to the Destroy Gundam in part because the Destroy Gundam has a completely pointless transformation to begin with. And I really don't like the thing's big ass backpack on the Destroy Gundam. I think I might prefer the Destroy just for like the sheer ludicrousness of it. It certainly has an impact for that, but I think I do prefer this mostly on color scheme. How do we think it compares to the heavy arms? I like it more than that because of the weight issues I've talked about with the heavy arms last week when we ranked it. This one can be light or heavy, but it is one or the other. 
I definitely prefer the heavy arms to the light version. I think the heavy version is slightly better, but I like the heavy arms armament better. I just flat out like the heavy arms more personally. I think in addition to the red and white color scheme that the heavy arms has, I do actually really like its big Gatling cannon arm as opposed to the bolt-on cannon attachments this thing has. All right, another weird transforming Gundam right below the heavy arms. We have the Aegis. How do we think it compares there? I think I like the Aegis's beam saber limbs a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say I prefer the color scheme of the Shaharazad, but I think I prefer the Aegis just because it's got more tricks going on. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Uh, Another Transformer, we have the Gaia Gundam. The more I think about the Gaia Gundam, the more I weirdly like it. So I think I prefer the Gaia. I'm already irrationally fond of the Gaia, so I think I also prefer the Gaia. I like the Gaia's color scheme, but it's also kind of bland on that count, so I think I would actually give it to the Shaharazad custom. So may I sway you with but doggo mode? May I counter that with it's a transformation? Fuck that. Yeah, I mean, it's completely impractical, but it's got doggo mode. Speaking of Gundam Zakates, the last Gundam we can compare it to is the Sword Impulse. That's my favorite version of the Impulse, so I think I like it more than this. They have the same problem built into them, but I think I prefer this one because it's actually usable on its own. Like, it doesn't need to combine with its other bits to actually be useful. And my argument for... similarities. I just prefer the color scheme of the Shaharazad custom. All right. Do we think it's better or worse than the Wyndham? Well, it's better than the Wyndham. I say I have to go look up a Wyndham, but I'm pretty sure I agree. Okay. Also, a pretty good color scheme. It's a pretty good grunt design. I'm really torn. I think I still prefer the Shaharazad custom, though. Okay. So the Cerevi Gundam Shaharazard will go at number 35, above the Wyndham and below the Gaia Gundam. That went a lot higher than I was expecting. So what's up next week, Jeremy? What's it called, do you know? Well, first we have to rank something from Gundam Wing. Ready to scroll down? All right. <laughs> All the way down? Legit, maybe new bottom of the list. It's literally Cancer. How do we rank the Cancer from Mobile Suit Gundam Wing? Oh, God. It's a w- aquatic mobile suit, which, you know, do not do well on our list. And I like it less than the goon. It's pretty bad. Oh, boy. Like, I get what they're going for, but boy. It's bad. <laughs> Gundam One grunt suits, bad. Underwater mobile suits, bad. Oh. Oof. Check, check. It looks like a crab, but, like, not in any of the cool ways. Yeah, exactly. I think I have to agree with Jeremy. <laughs> like, Definitely worse than the Goon, right? Which is our lowest ranked aquatic mobile suit. Yeah. I think I'd have to agree. Worse than the Gelsgi, which is the Drider, right? Yeah, and I definitely prefer the Gelsgi. I think worse than the Bobby, our recently favorite punching bag. Yeah, I mean, I think my one of my main problems with the Cancer is, if I'm remembering it correctly, is that it looks a little bit too much like just a sub. Not enough like an actual mobile suit of any way. Well, it transforms your favorite, Zach, between a sub and like a more mobile suit mode. But even the mobile suit mode doesn't have legs. So <sighs> it basically just moves its claw arms down. Worse than the Bobby? Yes. As stupid as the Bobby looks, I think I'd have to give it the win here. So how do we think it compares to the Mobius? You know, the one without gun barrels? I still think I prefer the Mobius. It's a dumb looking jet thing, but I at least get what they're going for. The Mobius isn't great obviously it's really bland but i also kind of understand where like what the thing is supposed to be 
Plus, it's got funnels. No, it doesn't. Does the Mobius not have funnels? No, the Mobius Zero no, has funnels. Oh. Okay. So, is this better or worse than the Mistral, the weird ball stand-in from Gundam Seed that almost never appears? I think it's worse because at least that's the, a reference to the ball. At least that's referencing something I think is okay. Uh, I have to disagree with you on this one, Jeremy. I think the cancer goes above the Mistral. I think I agree. Okay. Just barely, but I think I like the cancer a little bit more. So we are putting literal cancer at the penultimate <laughs> spot, number 71, above Mistral and below the Mobius. Grunt designs in Gundam Wing pretty bad. There is one exception. There's one that's quite good, and there's one I think is fine. So what's the uh, title of next week's episode, Jeremy? Next week, we will be watching episode six, Past and Future. And... I think I know what episode seven is, and I feel like a lot has to happen in episode six for me to be right. So maybe I'm just wrong about that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I think some plot-ish stuff might start picking up. So like I said, I think it'll be better than this week and last week, but I don't want to make any promises because it may shock you guys to realize I don't remember a ton about the series. All right. So Tyler, Gundam or Isekai? You know, we got kind of close to being Gundam. I feel I don't even know why. I feel like our characters maybe had more personality this episode, but they might have just been the dub impressing them upon me. But I still feel like the world's more isekai, so I'm still saying isekai. Zach? I haven't been able to really make an ascertainment about that, especially with them having to walk across a desert. But I think since we've got a lot of the Gunpla stuff going on still, I think I have to give it to Gundam still. Yeah, this question works much better for Re-Rise. <laughs> where I heard you like Isekai, so I put Isekai in your Isekai. But <laughs> that is a series where in the first episode they get Isekai'd from an MMO to an Isekai world. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, we will have to ask again next week. Bye.